0: I've gotten a ton of letters and questions from people who are in relationships that they know aren't good for them, but they don't know how to leave, or if they ever can, or even if they should. In this episode of Ask Dr. Abby, I'm coming at you with a whole new way to think about these types of relationships. So if, you're, if you've been struggling, you are in the right place, so stay tuned. Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Wonderful to have you here as always. I am your ever-loving host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. We are getting up there with the episodes. We're getting close to 200. We're gonna be there. I'm really excited. So uh, I'm, again, so excited for today. I know, I'm always so excited, but I am again, because this is a question that I'm gonna read for you To you today, that gets asked a lot in a lot of different ways. This just seemed to cover a lot of ground. And I always like when people are giving me sort of specifics when you write in that I think could relate to a lot of people. Uh, So, yeah. And it's, you know how hard it is when you've got this relationship going on and uh, you've been waffling and wondering and all the things. So, I'm really going to go over a lot today. And I'm definitely going to be coming at you with a whole new approach to how to think about these kinds of relationships when you're struggling. Um, and, you know, if you want a little weekly dose of helping you stay on the right track, a, re- a wonderful thing to do besides listen to me here every week is to sign up for my Relationships Made Easy weekly. It's a weekly newsletter. It comes out um, and I, you know, I try to keep it pretty short and it's really the the intention Is to keep our relationship going. Is to help you in yet another way. Focus on where you want to go, not where you don't want to go, and to really help inspire and motivate you for at least that day, if not the week. So, if you're, uh, you know, for up for that. Just go to the website, sign up. It's really easy. There's literally up in the the and t- the bars on top, the tabs on top. One of them says newsletter. So, and I'm going to be changing the name to the Relationships Made Easy Weekly because that's really what it is. It's about how to make your relationships easy <laughs> in a in a weekly little weekly re- readable format. So, I'm going to read the letter. Get ready. Here we go. It's a little bit long, but I I it's not that long. But I, well, I just want you to. Really listen and listen for yourself in this if you're listening, you know, because if you're listening right now, you've got something going on. So it says, uh, Abby, I've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now. I've absorbed so much, helped me through my journey. I have a very long, complicated love story that has ended in divorce, an attempt at reconciliation, and addiction. And so, and I do want to say that this person is talking about addiction, but the stuff I'm going to be talking about today, you don't, it doesn't matter if you're the person you're struggling about staying in a relationship with or not is an addict or not that that this just happens to be in this case um and she says like five years ago she learned that her husband had been doing meth recreationally if there is such a thing is what she said which i agree with i don't know if you do recreational meth you know a little cocaine here and there maybe but i i don't usually hear about recreational meth anyway i'm very naive about drug use and had no clue what was causing the changes in our relationship It was a rough and rocky few years. Eventually we split, you know, all the assets and we were planning to divorce, but that went on for three years. Neither of us wanted to be divorced and his, but his changes when he was using were more than I could handle. I gave him chance after chance. My coping skills were not stellar. So, you know, it's great. She's taking a little responsibility for herself here. Uh, I mostly just ran away when he did or said something that hurt. I hid out. I ceased communication. Since then, I've, you know, learned a lot through my counseling, my my values, how to communicate better, establishing healthy boundaries, right? I'm in a much better place and have better tools to deal with our relationship, the divorce and our post-relationship. So after our divorce, I thought I had made a mistake. I still feel like I made a mistake. How many of you listening right now maybe did divorce or did separate and you feel like you made a mistake? Uh, My ex stalled the divorce at every avenue, not turning in paperwork, delaying mediation, et cetera, because he loved me and didn't want to be divorced. Since the divorce, we've tried to see each other. I'm guilty of hurting. They do have kids together, by the way, Um, she says later, which I didn't really include. But uh, since the divorce, we've tried to see each other. I'm guilty of hurting him during these times. I know I need to let go. My ex and I had a conversation about his meth use recently. And he said, my friends can all get high. Why can't I get high? And I heard this as my cue, my cue to let go. But I can't. And again, I really think it's why I'm reading this letter. I just think so many of you could relate to this that you feel like you've gotten those signals to let go and you just don't feel like you can let go. We've known each other since we were six years old. We've been best friends and high school sweethearts. We're soulmates, each other's person. We're meant to be together. Yep. How many of you think that? Like, this is my person. I just know it. This is my, this is who I'm supposed to be with. She says, I guess my question is after his comment about Matthews and wanting to get high and me not liking the person he is when he is high, do I walk away? I have seen uh, the personality change, you know, the paranoia. I've tried to explain to him how he's different, but he doesn't see it or believe it. Over the years, I've learned to tell when he's high and when he's not. And any of you who have dealt with addicts or are living with an addict or anything, you know when they're using. It's, it's always pretty obvious. Um, when uh, we just recently had a great weekend, dinner, cooking, walks, couldn't have been better. Today, though, I can tell he got high at lunch. He he attacked me with his words. I've you know same thing I've been hearing for five years. I'm having an impossible time letting him go, even though I believe for myself and my values and my health, it's the right thing to do. I appreciate your podcast, your wisdom, and your humor. Thank you. Uh, I really don't know if I have a question or if there isn't an answer. Um, oh, there's a question, and there are some answers, and uh, there's a lot here, right? There's a there's a lot here to unpack. So uh, and I actually didn't, usually I give names, right? Uh, so let's, let's call her Miranda and him, Steve, (laughs) just in case I, I wrote that down. So I remember, um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot here. And so I'm gonna, you know, okay. So I'm going to address this from a lot of different angles. And again, yes, he's the using addict and that does have some, uh, specific things but this is again for anyone who's in a relationship that likely isn't good for them and you kind of know that but you just can't find the motivation to leave and there are definitely some special issues that can happen that are a little different with drugs and alcohol and with uh, mental health issue any mental health issues uh you know any other ones but but i'm gonna give you some broad stuff so here are my thoughts and it is different than what most pe- how most people approach this. Most people try to convince you that you should leave, right? Most, and I think I did in my earlier days of being a, a psychologist or a therapist. I would, you know, give all the reasons why. It's not like you don't already know all the reasons why you should go. I could, you know, certainly have a healthier, happier relationship. This isn't good for me. It's breaking down my self-esteem. I mean, you know all the reasons why. I don't have to repeat them to you. But the problem is, the fact is, I shouldn't say the problem, the fact is you haven't left and you're not finding the motivation to do so. So I say, if you can't leave or if you've tried and you keep coming back, then it's, then you need to focus on where you are, not where you want to be right now and not beat yourself up. Okay. So, but, but some things need to change right where you are. And that's what we're going to go over today. Okay. And I've got a bunch of little things to tell you about this. So, uh, let me have a sip of water first hold on so you can stay you, you you are staying so but you you've got to change your entire way of thinking about this relationship if you want to be happy calm and sane so first things first you have to stop trying to control or change them they're fine they're fine in their world. Uh, uh, Steve here, who, you know, this Miranda's husband in, the, in this letter, he's fine. He doesn't want to get divorced. He's doing a little meth on, on the weekends. He doesn't see a problem. It's Miranda that's in pain. It's Miranda that's upset. So, and that means, what do I always say? The one in the most pain needs to change first. So that's you. You need to focus on your own change, not on the other person. So you have stop have to stop trying to change them. You have to stop trying to control them and what they're doing. You've got to shift your focus. It is you already know this because it if it worked, you would have you wouldn't be listening right now. So you're gonna leave that alone. And don't get mad at me yet. I've got a lot to say. So the second thing, the next thing I want you to think about is. Focusing on so you're not focusing on them. Guess what you should be focusing on you And the first things first is to broaden your life As much as possible. So you're not putting so much emphasis on this relationship I I want you to think of broadening your life a lot of people in these situations The reason I think it's part of the reason even that they're not leaving is because this is their only person like you know, maybe your kids have gone away to college or or you don't have kids or whatever, and this is your person. You know, you haven't been talking to your friends for years. I don't know. This Miranda's known this guy since she was six. Y- you got to stop right now and start to broaden like new hobbies, new activities without your partner. You can invite them if you want. You can say, hey, I'm going to start doing yoga on Tuesday nights. If you want to come, you're welcome. You can do that. But you go no matter what. Uh, find new friends, broaden your life, do new things, talk to new people, go on meetups, do, I'm not, uh, I mean, you know what meetups are, hopefully, I think they're everywhere, you know, meetups are, you know, groups that get together and, you know, they all knit or they all go to a show or they all, whatever. It's not, it's not meant to be something where you find a partner, it's meant to be something where you find uh, things to do that you like with other people who like to do these things. So broaden your horizons. That's what's here now. If you're and if you're busy doing those things, guess what? You won't be staring at them and upset that they're not doing the things you want. So, that's really going to help you. The next thing, you got to stop beating yourself up for staying. I'm you got It's not helping. It's not helping. If it was helping, I'd say have at it. You know me. But it's not helping for you to be beating yourself up. Why am I staying? I'm so crazy. And I know all your friends and your family are telling you to go because you've been complaining to them and they're all on you. They're all telling you you're doing it wrong. And I'm here, I'm not here to say that to you. I am here to say that you are doing the best with the tools you have and here you are and I'm gonna love you right where you are. I'm going to love you right where you are because I accept you for who you are and where you are. I'm not saying we don't wanna change that later but right now, it's really about accepting it now. And I don't have an agenda that you change it later. You might live, live the rest. I've had plenty of clients live the rest of their lives this way very happily, the way I'm teaching you right now. So I'm going to highly suggest, highly, highly, my Jewish mother bossy way means go do it, that you learn more about self-compassion, okay? you got You've got to go deep on that. I have a whole wonderful podcast episode on it. There's a, you know, Kristen Neff is the queen of it. You can go to her website. Uh, She wrote a great book last year, last June, I think, um, Fierce Self-Compassion for Women. Um, You know, and if you're a man, I think you can read it too. Um, uh, But there's plenty of self-compassion courses. Stanford here in California, now it's online, has a, a whole compassion uh, leg of what they do and they have a program. It's wonderful. Uh, I mean, there's just so many ways you could practice compassion. So, and my, I have a loving kindness, uh, meditation that's free. I'll link to that in the show notes. You could also find it on YouTube on my, you know, Abby Metcalf loving kindness meditation. Boom. Um, you can listen to that every day The the research shows that listening to a loving kindness meditation will abs- absolutely help you with your self-compassion. Um, You know, there's a lot of things you can do, but you you're gonna need to start loving yourself where you are And stop beating yourself up because it's not helping anyone. It's not helping you. It's not helping your relationship It's certainly not helping you move or do anything different So it's time to really love on yourself as you are and have some more self-acceptance for where you are Um, and I also just recently did an episode on self-acceptance. How do you like that? So you could listen to that too my next little tip here is it's really, we we say in the 12-step program, take what you want and leave the rest. And that's what I would tell you to start doing as you approach your relationship in this whole new mindset. You want to take what you want and leave the rest. If, you know, so as Miranda was saying, she had this great hike and they had this lovely day and it was wonderful and they couldn't have gotten along better. And then, you know, at, after lunch, he, he was high. So I would say, take what you want. That's great. Have the walk, do all the wonderful things and then leave the rest. He got high after lunch. That's something else. I'm not hanging out with you anymore. Do you, just separate those out. Uh, stop again, focusing on the things that aren't working and just, you know, be in what you can get what you can out of the relationship because there, there's likely something here is the reason you're staying. I don't know what it is, but there's likely something in Miranda's case. It seems like there's a lot, they have a lot of history. They have children, they have, you know, this deep love of each other, uh, And so, you know, okay. And they seem to have fun still together. Other people who have written into me, you know, talk about really abusive kind of relationships. And I do want to say with all that I'm saying right now, if you are being abused, uh, that is a whole other level. If, uh, you know, and I want you to get into therapy immediately. I want you to talk to someone immediately. This podcast is not for you. If you are being literally abused right now, this is not where you need to be. I should have said that in the beginning. Um, but if you are in a relationship where, you know, there's some, th- it's just a lot of things that you don't think are good for you, um, and you still stay, then keep listening. So, because this next piece is that it's all about acceptance, you know, this is the way this person is. Th- this is who they are. If you're with someone who, uh, maybe you're with someone who has cheated on you and you think they might be cheating now. Oh, well. Like you're not going to make them stop. You've already tried and you've been, you have not been successful. Plus you're not leaving. So they, they, they know that they can cheat and you'll stay. So you've, you've taught them that. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm I'm just saying that in an honest, clear way. How, whatever you've been, you've been allowing, Miranda's been allowing Steve to use drugs all these, all this time and staying with him. So he can use drugs and stay with her. Why would he stop? It's, You know, that's how it is. And it's not about these people not loving you enough or whatever else. It's not about them. It's about you. You have chosen to stay with this person. You have, you know, in whatever way. So I would say that in that case, again, you got to accept this is what might be happening. I don't know for sure, but it might. I don't need to go check their Instagram. I don't need to stalk them. I don't need to check their emails. I need to ignore it and focus on what I am getting, which I hope is something if you're staying. Uh, and focus what is working, and that's all I can do right now. So, because right now, just just be in the moment. Maybe later you'll have new tools, you'll be able to do different things, but right now you got to accept where it is if you ever want to change or move. And what you do want to do, of course, is, you know, stop focusing on the other person and just, you know, identify and hold your boundaries. That's your job. So, that, like, okay, so like with Miranda and Steve, you know, again, If you think he's using, don't hang out. But don't ask Steve if he's using, don't ask your partner if they're doing something, don't go into it, don't, it's just a struggle. And you're not gonna convince them of anything, so why try? If anything, they'll probably tell you you're crazy, they'll probably be gaslighting you the other way. So you just end up feeling horrible. So why why would we go there, right? Why, Why would you put yourself in that situation? So you need to extricate yourself from whatever that problem is, and be with where it is now and again be focusing on yourself what are you doing so you know if you're get yourself all caught up like oh i got to check you know their email i have to know if they're doing something or whatever you know stop yourself get mindful get mindful stop yourself what can you do right now i could go for a walk i could call a friend i could you know blow off some steam at the gym i could whatever just try not to do anything self destructive but you know might be a cookie i don't know so But it's gotta be about you. All right, so the next thing that I wanna talk about is that you have to be aware that whatever you don't like about your partner is going to get worse over time. This is what happens with issues people have. Uh, They get more entrenched, not less. Okay, They get more entrenched. So if what you're not liking is, you know, narcissism or cheating or drug or alcohol use, or, you know, if you're in this really unhealthy relationship, and again, and you're listening right now with some sort of craziness going on where you're not being treated the way you want to be treated, then whatever is going on, when people act in that way, there, there's something else. I can't diagnose from afar. I can't even say that Steve is a drug addict. I don't know if he is. I'm using that language, but I can't diagnose him. I, I don't know. Um, you know, just using meth is not enough to make a diagnosis. But when she talks about personality changes and some other things, it makes me obviously very suspicious. Continued use you know, despite negative consequences. He, he definitely has, just from the email, uh, lots of signs. But again, I've never met him. I don't know him, so I'm not diagnosing. But I'm just kind of using this language. In, in the case of, in any of these cases, it, w- people have some form of entrenched unhealthy behavior that, again, over time, as you stay in the relationship, is going to get worse. So you, you gotta know that. In the case of being in a relationship with an addict, you got to know that this is a pro- chronic progressive disease. It's going to get worse in some way. That might mean their personality changes more, you know, over time or their use gets worse. So they lose their job or maybe even have legal issues that impact you or go into debt or, you know, all the things. So, you know, you're, it's going to get worse. It's not going to stay this way. Uh, I'm not, not, every you know, there's lots of functional alcoholics out there or functional addicts out there. Um but it stops being as functional as they get older, and again their person so they might still keep a job, but their personality gets meaner and meaner or more and more disconnected or more and more depressed. you know something's gonna happen again it's it's chronic and it's progressive, so it's gonna happen and i I do want to just say a quick word about addiction here i I'm gonna just jump in because, as you all know, I'm a recovering addict, and this is a specialty of mine so and I'll just do this quickly because Many listening, this is not it, but this is good information either way for you. Addiction is really a disease. You know, in 1956, the American Medical Association designated it as a disease because it fit all the criteria What to call something a disease. You know, there's anatomical alteration. In the case of addiction, it's in the brain. It's progressive. It has identifiable signs and symptoms. You know, there's very specific things that we use to say this thing is a disease. Now, I know... I'm positive. Some people right now are listening, thinking addiction isn't a disease because it's a choice to drink or use a drug, right? No one, you know, when you first started, no one could, you know, no one was forcing you to do it likely, right? So in those cases, you might see it as the person choosing to use over your relationship or over, you know, how much they love their kids. I hear all kinds of things and that's not true. What, While I'll agree with you that in the very early stages of addiction, there's definitely some choice, okay, for sure, right? Very early stages before the brain has been altered, before it's been hijacked, there are choices. However, what we now know is that the brain is physically changed by continued use and addiction, right, physically changed to the point that the person can't really decide anymore because they're losing control. They no longer have control in the same way other people do. And I want to say also, choice doesn't determine if you call something a disease anyway. I might've smoked and ate fatty foods for years resulting in heart disease, but guess what? So my choices leading up to that don't affect whether we call it a disease or not. It's not not heart disease just because I chose to smoke and drink and eat burgers for years, right? I could get cancer because I chose to smoke cigarettes for decades or spend years in the sun without sunscreen, but guess what? I still got a disease and it's called cancer. A, d- a disease is what happens in somebody's body or brain as a result of the choices they've made. It, it it and then it, you know, really takes on a life of its own. So again, it doesn't mean we can't arrest it or stop it, but it it remains chronic. So I I just do want to say that, but as a separate aside. So getting back to everybody. So the other thing I'm going to tell you is that you so, and this is related to really what I started with. You have to continue to work on yourself. Go to therapy if you can, if you can afford it. Listen to my wonderful podcasts and do the action and do the actions I suggest. I always have tips and things at the end. You got to do the actions. Um, if you can join a support group, if you know, don't just complain to your best friends and your family, though. That's not actually helping you. Uh you know sign up for my weekly newsletter that I mentioned earlier get yourself pointed in the right direction every week whatever your goal is to be happier regardless of what this other person is doing and once that happens you'll have a more clear mind when it comes to making decisions about what to do in the relationship this is why I want to be clear about why you need to start here so I've talked about this so much, but remember when you're caught up in fear. So here I am with this partner. I don't think I can leave. I'm terrified of leaving. I'm going to make a mistake. Even Miranda still thinks she made a mistake by divorcing this, her, you know, Steve. So remember when you're caught up in fear, what gets triggered? Your amygdala. You're right. That fight, flight, or freeze response. And I want to remind you that when your amygdala is lit up, when this when this part of your brain, the fear process in your brain has taken over, your brain literally changes. And the other, and so it doesn't remember things as well. You start to, uh, like what's happening here, she's starting to, to think she's made a mistake. You know, you might start to romanticize how great the relationship is and, oh, I'm making too big a deal out of this. Because... I've talked about this in so many other podcasts, I don't want to get in too deep a detail here, but because all the changes that happen in the brain when it's uh, with the fear brain, one of those results is that your hippocampus shrinks and shrivels from the stress-inducing hormones and it doesn't remember, that's where you remember things and store memories, it doesn't do it as well. The other thing to keep in mind is that when your amygdala is activated, when this whole, you know, when your limbic system is lit up, you're... This other part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, where all your rationality is, where you're problem solving, where you're thinking things through, that part of your brain is shut down. It can't even turn on. So here you are wondering, why can't I make a decision? Why can't I change what I'm doing? Why can't I, you know, uh, uh, why do I keep doubting myself? All that stuff. It's because your brain is hijacked during all this. It, It can't function in the way you want. But when you do the things I've been saying, guess what? When you start to get happier, when you're less focused on them, when you're less triggered, your brain is gonna start healing and you are gonna be able to make more rational decisions later. So that's the that's the key. And that is what, why all the, again, when people tell you all the rational reasons why you should go, I could talk to Miranda like, oh, you'll find someone else. Of course you will. You're fabulous. You know, you're, it's, and it's not even about being with someone else. It's about really being in a healthy place and not allowing yourself, you know, it sounds like Steve kind of verbally abuses her when he's not acting, you know, when he's high, you know, you don't deserve these things, blah, blah, blah. Right. We could tell her. So when I do all those great suggestions, guess what? That's all prefrontal cortex. That's all, where all that comes in. My prefrontal cortex has to be turned on to take in the information to go, huh, does that make sense? Is that the rational thing to do? Let me problem solve that. Let me long-term plan. Let me think this through. If that part of your brain's not working then f- properly, then all these great suggestions just fall. They just you're like Teflon for good suggestions. And you get then frustrated with yourself for not being able to move, for not being able to change, for not, and you're beating yourself up. So as we do the steps I said before, you will find a new place to be. And you might end up staying, but you're gonna stay in a very different way. You're gonna stay out of choice, not because of, out of fear, which is a love decision, not a fear decision, right? Right now, Miranda is staying in this relationship and, and being with this man because she's afraid. All of her language is fear-based, Right. And, you know, you're afraid of what will happen if you leave. You have this idea, he's my only one, my soulmate. You know, I talked about this in an earlier podcast. We we got lots of soulmates. Like, this. Th- th- that is just crazy language. You know, I, I say with love, Miranda, she's not crazy. But that's language that that's fear-based. There's scarcity. There's one person, and if I blow it, I'm screwed. That is not how the world works. There's lots of opportunities all the time. That's, no, no. That's not staying with someone out of love. That's staying with them out of fear right? So we're not doing that anymore. So again, do the things so that you can stop being in a fear-based mindset. So you can start thinking clearly. You can start really using your brain. Then from there, you can make new decisions. Because if you stay, you can't stay miserable or trying to get them to stop or change whatever behavior you don't like. Now, I'm not saying it's You know, it is okay to tell them how their behavior affects you, you know, you can do that, but that's it. That's it. And I have all kinds of other, there's a very specific way to do that. And I have a, you know, an episode on how to give great feedback. I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, You know, I talk a lot about not, you know, not sacking. You could use the, I feel statement, um, the I feel formula, I feel when you and I need, you could just do it that way. That's really my highest suggestion actually for this. Um, And I will actually link to the I feel formula on the website has that has that for love. Um, Because it's really a great exercise if you want to let them know how they're affecting you, but just want to keep it still with your boundary and, and not trying to change them and not getting all into an argument or anything else. But just giving them feedback like that, which will be the most effective, then you want to use the I feel formula. So I will link to that on the show notes page, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. I will link to it there so you can just download it. Okay, there you go. And that does put you on my weekly newsletter list. How do you like that? So if you download it, that's what happens. I don't spam you with stuff. I send one email a week for God's sakes uh, with a lot of love. So, and if you don't like it, just unsubscribe. Download your thing and unsubscribe. I'm not hurt. I don't know it's you. I don't go look and see who unsubscribed. (laughs) Don't worry about it. So it's fine. Um, Okay. The other thing I want you to be focused on is identifying and keeping your boundaries. And this, again, will all come from doing the work on yourself and focusing on yourself, but you've got to identify your boundaries and you have to then keep them. So, you know, if you act this way to me, I will leave the room. I will go sleep somewhere else. I will hang up the phone. You know, if you do this, here's what I'm going to do. And then you got to do it. Okay. Then you have to do it. <laughs> don't, like in this case with Miranda, I would not, and anybody who's got someone, maybe they gaslight you or something, do not focus on what they're, like, so it's not, if you use, if if you're high, then I'm going to do X. That's not what you're saying. You're just saying, right? Don't do that. Don't link it because then they'll argue that they're using or not using, or that they weren't gaslighting you or whatever else that, right. That's not it. So you just want to get clear. Like if you, uh, if you use this kind of language with me, I I'm going to hang up the phone, you know, whatever that is. Uh, if you act in this way, you know, with me or, or say something to me or use a certain tone with me. I will, and then name what the response is. So again, don't say, when you're gaslighting me, I'm gonna do this. Don't do that. When you're using, I'm gonna do this. Don't label them. Don't diagnose, none of that. You just wanna go to what the behavior is. You know, if, uh, when you speak to me in an argumentative tone, when you yell at me, if you raise your voice to me, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. That's what you do. And then you have to do it. And what this does is it takes out of, you know, by taking out the diagnosing of them, the labeling of them, it stops a lot of the arguing with you because otherwise they're just arguing with you about that, not about their behavior, about what's really the problem, right? They're arguing with you, everybody becomes a lawyer. uh, And instead, (laughs) doing it the way I just said brings you to the real issue, which is how they treat you, right? That's really... What's at the bottom of all this? And that's really what I would say, no matter what else, is what I want you to focus on. It doesn't really matter, for example, if someone's using drugs. It matters, or drinking. It matters if it affects you, right? So I would even say this with cheating. I've said this before. If you think your person is cheating, right? I think my person is cheating, but when they're with you they are loving and kind they follow through on what they say they always show up for you they you know all the things i don't know why you care if they're cheating like at some point you have to and you might hate this and you might not want to hear this but i'm going to say it anyway get over this idea that they're doing something and you're trying to control it get to how you like to be treated in a day-to-day way. How do you want them to talk to you? How do you want to interact? And then you need to take responsibility, not them. Stop putting it on them. It is not their job to hold your boundary. That is your job, your job to hold your boundary. Stop complaining about them. Stop being frustrated about them. This is you. I say with all the love in my heart, you know I do, because I know you can do this. And if you don't take responsibility, you are not gonna be happy. And I want you to be happy so, so bad. (laughs) And I know you can be, even in an unhealthy relationship. I know you can be, because it is not our circumstances that make us happy or not, it is us. There are people, I have had people, God, I've worked with people in abject poverty. I have a person I'm working with right now, right now, who is living in his car. I mean, he, I I can't even go into all the bad things that have happened to this lovely man and he's living in his car and he is taking responsibility for his life and he is figuring it out because it's not, you know, obviously that sucks and it's going to affect your day to day, but. He, you, you, if you heard his attitude, it's why I'm working with him. He's like so positive and he is getting himself out of that situation. Cause actually he was homeless before, but he got a car and now he's living in the car. We're moving up. You know, he keeps sort of improving his situation. He keeps figuring out what he can do next. You know, he can't do everything, but he can do one thing next. What is that one thing? It's, Really, when you take responsibility for your life, you stop focusing on all the things outside of you and start focusing on what you're doing. It's not what other people are doing. It's what you're doing and sticking to that, sticking to that. And so don't make promises to yourself that next time, you know, he does this, I'm leaving. Next time, stop that because you haven't left. So stop that. Stop breaking your word to yourself and stop training this other person that no matter what they do, you'll stay. Instead, have some self-compassion, get to some self-acceptance in this moment, and instead, focus on what you can do right now. What can you do in this situation? And that is hold a boundary, make a boundary, be loving to yourself, be kind. You know, it's all the things I talk, focus on yourself. Every time you notice yourself focusing on them, focus on you. These are the things you can do. Okay. Woo, so that is it for today. <laughs> we go, ooh. We were we were at it, weren't we? We went in there. Um, I, hope, I think this probably surprised you in my angle of all this, you know, how I come at this issue. Uh, but it's really the way I want you to start thinking about this. I, I Again, no matter what your problem is in your relationship, no matter what you're struggling with, you kind of have to start with these steps so you can get to a place where you can think clearer and have a better Understanding and a better way of looking and problem solving and what your options are, you're not gonna get there from that really fear-based place. You can only get there from, again, getting to that better place and then, and from there, making different decisions. All right, I love you so much. I have complete faith in your ability to do this or I would not be spending this time talking to you. I love you. I want you to have a week filled with self-compassion, self-acceptance, and even some laughter. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute first I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected hopeful confident that's always my goal so if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi let me know what the podcast is doing for you anything you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com how simple is that And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.